Man, I don't even know where to start this week, to be perfectly honest. I wouldn't even blame people if they stepped away from social media for a while because I feel like things are getting worse. And like I said last week on last week's podcast episode, that people are just sick and tired right now. Like people are just saying enough's enough. And we're still getting people killed. Last night, I saw, you know, another man, he got murdered in Atlanta. And they burned down the same Wendy's that this guy got murdered at which I have no problem, you know, burning that Wendy's down. Like some people will say, oh, you know, you know, you shouldn't be talking about violence and all this, that, and whatever. And I'm like, man, shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. Like, I ain't trying to hear that right now. So anyone that's offended by what I'm saying right now, this may not be the episode for you, but I had to talk about that before we started the episode. I think this is episode 14 at this point. This is the 14th episode of the Between Two Divs podcast with your boy, Cam. Today, I got my guy, Tay. He's here with me, and I just kind of wanted to, y'all to hear his story. His story is real cool. I started chatting with this guy maybe a couple months ago, and I had to get him on the podcast. And I think some, some of y'all are going to really enjoy his story and what he got to bring to the table. So without further ado, Tay, uh, what's good, man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Can you kind of share your story, like how you got into tech, man? Yeah, pretty much. I had, I guess, not so much a typical story of how I got into tech. So I kind of pretty much started in high school. Um, I was pretty much always the kind of go-to guy who, that's why iPhones were pretty much being jailbroken and things like that. And it's pretty much I was the guy to go to for that. And, you know, I kind of started off jailbreaking iPhones, fixing iPhones and things like that. Me personally, I didn't really see it as, oh, I'm in tech. I was just like, oh, I'm pretty good at it. So let me try to make a few extra points in high school with it and things of that nature. So besides that, I, you know, I didn't really too much know anything about tech. I just knew, hey, I can fix iPhones and make money. And so I'm um, kind of going into college, like my senior year, I was, I had this plan of like, you know, I'm going to do business marketing, business management, things of that nature, because like in my high school, we didn't really too much have any like um, STEM curriculum or anything, things like computer science, tech, or anything like that. So it wasn't until maybe my sophomore year when I actually discovered I guess STEM or the tech industry. So by that time, I had already switched my major from business marketing. I had something trying to do law for a semester, but it, it wasn't for me. And finally, I had kind of just started doing research. And I was like, oh, well, I've kind of always been good with technology and things like that. Let me see what I can do or let me see what I can find that make good money. And tech came up. So I was like, okay, well, I decided to move to Texas and I started majoring in um, information technology. And that's when my um, teacher kind of, uh, well, my professor at the time, uh, Professor Gines, he came to me and said, hey, you know, I've ever been interested in cybersecurity. You know, it's kind of in demand right now. There's a negative unemployment rate. You should really check it out. So in my head, I'm like, um, okay, I guess I'll check it out. You know, it's good money, so why not? So as I um, started doing research and things like that, I started saying things like penetration tester. I was saying network security engineers. And, you know, just kind of pretty much saying, like, the, um, the typical uh, cybersecurity jobs. And one that really, really kind of caught my attention of um, me going into security was pen testing. Uh, it's pretty probably, probably how a lot of people kind of, like, you know, catch their attention. Like, I mean, uh, their attention. Oh, I get the hack for money. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking. And so um, that just really, um, like, you know, kind of caught my interest. So I started doing research. I started looking at different tools and looking at different things, trying to um, enhance my security skills. And that's when I began to start doing CTFs. 
a lot of CTFs. Um, I was going to security conferences and all that different things. And I just really started like, um, it. it was really fun. I get to break things. I get to, you know, own boxes or pawn boxes. It, it was just really like a lot of fun for me. I had kind of got like a taste of like how a real pen test would go. It was like one of my um, internships. I was actually doing a pen test. And that's when I kind of noticed then. I was like, um, I don't think I necessarily wanted to do pen testing more say, you know, it's, just, it, it's a lot to it that, you know, you kind of see like the, oh, you get to break it to boss something like that, but it's, it's a lot more that goes into this documentation. It's a lot, it's a ton of documentation. So you have to have certain permissions to do certain things. It's really a lot. It's, it's, it's a handful. And uh, not really too much to tell you that when you're kind of going into it. So um, I kind of branched out. I was like, okay, well, I think I want to do more of like a purple team. So I kind of want to do like more combination of both. It's basically a red team and a blue team put together. And so my first job out of uh, college, um, I was a threat analyst. So that's more so blue teaming, pretty much kind of the stock analyst, you know, the monitoring the logs, um, trying to find our attacks, creating playbooks and things of that nature. So I ended up leaving there to become a consultant, which I really, really enjoy a lot more now. So I'm, I'm pretty much doing everything security now. So I'm doing cloud security. I'm doing uh, incident response, vulnerability management, pretty much anything in security. Like I'm, I'm currently doing that with the company that I'm at now. It's just a matter of what the client needs and uh, whatever they need, pretty much come to me and say, hey, we need this done and um, I do it. So that's kind of how I got into security or my high discovery getting into tech. Oh, dope. It's crazy because like my brother, he's been trying to get into cybersecurity for a while now. And like he's, you know, he's working like, at Walmart right now. Hopefully you don't get mad if you ever watch this episode or whatever. But I've been trying to push him for years to kind of get into tech because, you know, he got a family and stuff and. You know, I have a family, but I feel like that's like a job where like there's so much demand for it that if you can just get in, like the sky's the limit, even more so than just like being like someone that's a developer or something like that, because like everyone needs someone that can do the things that you're doing for companies and stuff. So I like that you're like, you like went that direction because like, like I feel like the sky's the limit with tech and like just having just some direction will go a long way. And I'm sure when you got in, you probably learned a lot of things that you probably didn't even know about it when you first got interested in that, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can definitely say that. I, I learned a, a ton, actually, because um, I originally started in tech as uh, in being a geek squad. I was ARA, pretty much, uh, I believe that's what ARA, pretty much a um, repair technician, kind of just fixing up laptops, fixing computers, viruses, and things like that. So that's actually how I ended up starting my career being in tech. I knew I wanted to get in tech like really, really young. Um, soon as like probably like my sophomore year, that's I pretty much knew planned everything out, and I was just like a plan applying like fries trying to get there. But um, that's why I was first um, first like people would kind of contact me, hit me back like, hey, uh, we had this number coming for an interview. And at the time, I had come to A plus certification, which was pretty much the basic software configuration, repair, hardware, software, things like that, basic troubleshooting. They really kind of like, you know, they like that I had that certification and kind of showed I understand the basic concept of troubleshooting. And it, it just started there. It just started off from there. I went on a contract for this contracting company called Tech Systems. And um, I ended up landing my first so-called, I guess, tech job at uh, software, Southwest Airlines doing knock analysts. So I guess that was pretty much, and at the time I was 19, 
So yeah, I was 19 doing um, knock analyst support for uh, Southwest Airlines. Pretty much, uh, I'm not gonna say it's kind of hard to explain with just like a knock analyst doing, but I was pretty much just monitoring like their networks and things of that nature. Um, make sure that the firewalls are pretty much good, that most of their health systems um, are kept up to date. And just like things of that nature, I was supporting their app traffic controller users make sure the applications were up and running at that time. So it was like a mixture of desktop support and like analyst um, networking. So it, it was definitely a mixture of both. And um, I can definitely say that definitely jump-started my career. Like the um, Geek Squad position, it helped a lot. Um, just for the simple fact that it's like, okay, well, yeah, these troubleshooting skills. Once I kind of just got like that contracting job on there with Southwest Airlines, especially with Southwest Airlines and like a huge company. And um, yeah, that, that definitely played a big role for me. I learned a lot of different things. Because obviously, like, a lot of people don't realize when you're going into cybersecurity, you're actually networking. You need to know how to network. Because, I mean, I can use secure something if you don't understand the basic concept of networking. So um, that job actually kind of helped me out with that. And at the time, I was also in the Cisco um, Academy. So um, at the time, I received my CCNA as well, too. So I was definitely understanding, like, networking, how that helped. But at the time, I, I didn't really kind of understand it on an enterprise level. I just pretty much knew what I was doing in the lab and things like that. So it, it was definitely an eye-opener for me. And I learned a lot of different things. So that's what like a lot of people don't realize when you have a certain certifications or certifications period. The certifications, it's basically just showing you like, hey, um, you understand the basic concept of things. You understand, you know, what this is. It's not pretty much guaranteeing you a job. It's completely different from your lab that you have at home. It's like an enterprise network where there's thousands and thousands and thousands of um, like networks or assets that's connected to that network. So it's definitely a game changer, but it also helps doing labs and things like that. So you can at least understand the basic concept of things. But once you get into enterprise network, networks get completely, they're way more complex. <laughs> So uh, it, it just kind of gives you, you know, the exposure to at least knowing what it should be doing. Yeah. So, like, I know you kind of mentioned about certifications and how people, some people kind of go both ways with this. So what would you say if someone was trying to get into cybersecurity, what is like the main ones that people should be getting into, the people at home that maybe don't really know where to start? So I would say for people that's like trying to get into cybersecurity, if they have no experience with it, like whatsoever, like with computers, anything like that. I would say go for the CompTIA Plus. I wouldn't necessarily say actually like sit for the certification, but I would at least say train and kind of get the basic understanding of uh, computers and software itself. But I would say for someone, they kind of have some experience with computers, anything like that. I would tell them to probably go for the Network Plus. Not necessarily having to actually get the certification, but at least the training for it. Kind of, it gives you the basic concept of protocols, um, how to use, how they're used, things of that nature. But I would say like the, the one that's really commonly, um, I guess that people usually go for is Security Plus. And that's pretty much the entry-level certification for cybersecurity. And it's actually required for mo a lot of um, government jobs as well too. Yeah, governments. And it's pretty much a good start of cert. Um, they're pretty, they changed it now. It's right now at the current 501. Yes, yeah, yeah, so it's 501 now instead of 401. And it covers like a lot more things now. It's now covering like actually some hacking um, topics, web application, mobile. It's pretty much covering like a lot of things now, you know, due to like the way things are just advancing with IoT and things that nature. It's definitely transforming the game and kind of changing it. After I would say the Cybersecurity Plus, I would say go for the Cybersecurity Analyst Plus, which is also by uh, CompTIA Plus. 
Um, I also have that certification. And I can actually say that certification is very, very accurate when it comes to uh, job as a cybersecurity analyst. It, it literally goes to how to read logs, how to identify attacks. It's very accurate. I can definitely say that certification, like out of the CompTIA certifications, I can definitely say um, the cybersecurity analyst is like really, really great for people that's trying to become like either a SOC analyst, cybersecurity analyst, anything like that. That's a very accurate um, certification. Like I can, I can, me personally, I can say throughout the exam and everything that I was learning, I can say I was actually dealing with all of that content within my um, day-to-day tasks um, at my uh, previous jobs. So yeah, so I would say probably go for Security Plus, then Cybersecurity Analyst Plus. And to kind of like switch gears, like, so what, what have you been doing like ever since you got like your, your tech job and definitely with cybersecurity stuff, like what have you been done besides that to kind of maybe like as a vehicle to get to that next point, whatever your goals are? Because I know not everyone's goal is to stay in the tech. Some people want to be able to do their own thing and stuff like that. And I know you've been, you know, grinding, doing different stuff. So can you probably uh, maybe talk to the people, like people that are maybe thinking about doing that and maybe share like what you got going on? So, yeah, so currently um. Again, I'm a cybersecurity analyst. Oh, we're not cybersecurity analyst. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm a cybersecurity consultant uh, for a consultancy firm based in uh, D.C. Well, Virginia. And so, uh, pretty much, my goals are that. Like right now, I um, I had goals or have goals to um, potentially probably start up my own consultant firm. But I've kind of I've been thinking, do I really want to kind of do that right now? So right now, as far as like just like goals of career wise. I'm just kind of focusing on um, actually just kind of bearing my skill set um, with that. But as far as like outside of my actual professional career, um, I've started to kind of um, create a little bit more content geared towards like millennials or just people that's trying to land, land their first job in tech. So um, I'm actually uh, creating a blog now called uh, Tail Tech, which is kind of like a brand that I've been dealing with for about two years now. I'm just pretty much rebranding it now. Pretty much just focused on tech, um, helping people with um, career advice, which certifications there would be great for them and actually uh, which would probably be better for their career or be helpful for their career. We're talking about financial literacy as well. So as far as like kind of like my goals now, that's pretty much what I'm focused on is more so because I'm like, I'm not going to say I've kind of got lazy, but uh, I've really like at the age that I'm at now, I really feel like I'm, I'm, I'm very, very skillful or skilled that um, the things that I do now. So I started kind of like focusing on my technical skills. Now I'm pretty much focused on um, developing content that can possibly help other people. Cause like when I was kind of trying to get into like the tech industry, I didn't necessarily have like um, people that I can kind of like look towards or kind of just get that information. Everything I learned is pretty much on trial and error. And uh, you know, I'm just pretty much trying to do my part in uh, helping people out and just pretty much uh, kind of helping them where I couldn't get help, you know, I would have killed for it, you know, like kind of talking or meeting with someone that had like the knowledge or the experience that I have currently. And that's just pretty much what I feel like I kind of owe to the people now. I've been blessed to uh, be in a position that I'm in now and um, the job. So it's just like, okay, it's time for me to share the knowledge that um, I received over the um, time with me actually doing um, within my time within the tech industry. Yeah, yeah, like, like that's kind of like my goal, and that's why I, I wanted to talk to you because, like, my whole goal of my podcast is to have different people, different backgrounds, different things in tech, like just share their stories and like maybe share some advice and like be like maybe a platform that maybe can help you out, expand your brand, and also 
you know, you help others, you know, at the same time, because every week, like I have, I swear, like all my guests have been different. Like, you know, some people have podcasts where it's kind of like one particular topic, but I feel like every guest I've had has been so different from the other guests and they've all brought something different. And like, I feel like it's something that I may not see the results right off the bat, but down the road, someone a year from now, be like, hey man, I heard your podcast with Tay. Like, man, he gave some stuff that may help me get my first job. And that would be like a win for me because like, I don't care about what I, you know, monetary, all that stuff for me. I just want to help as many people as I can. And some people say that, but like, I've always been a dude where I just help people whenever they need it. Cause I know like when I started learning how to code, I really didn't have a whole lot of resources until maybe two or three years in. And I saw this guy, his name is Coding Phase. I always shout him out every time I get a chance. Like he helped me like get to that next level and actually like really put in the hours and put in the work. And I talk to him like every week. Anytime I ever like feel like I'm like, man, I feel like I'm not really seeing the results I want. Like he's like always helping me like get to that next level because I'm still a boot camp student. So I'm still trying to get my first developer job. Like I like I still I'm technically in tech because I'm like a TA, like at a boot camp, but I'm not really like a, you know, a, a professional developer yet because I don't have that that stamp yet. But still, I want to help people when I can, even even with that, because, you know, some people will be like, you don't have a dev job. You know, I've done contract work with people. You know, something gets in your head when people tell you, you know, like you're not really a real developer since you haven't got that developer job yet. So, yeah, uh, with that, it's actually, uh, you'd be surprised, like a lot of people that actually come from boot camps. So that's something I notice a lot, too. Like uh, most people that don't even actually have um, degrees within tech, I've seen people with sociology degrees, communication degrees, they end up kind of going to boot camps and after leaving boot camps, they're companies like Google, Microsoft, Capital One, like, you know, they're, they're these huge tech companies. I mean, not to say that's going to happen every time, but honestly, if, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. So, I, I, you know, I've definitely seen a lot of people transitioning into like different, these huge jobs and pay huge salaries. And they're not genius coders. Like, you know, I've definitely seen it. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people that are great coders, but they're not necessarily the company they should be. And when it comes to that, it's just really showcasing, like, it's networking. Like, you know, we always hear the term, it's about who you know and uh, what you know. That's definitely a case for this, because um, I can, uh, especially for me, like, I network so much, kind of like, kind of getting my jobs. Like, during my time in college, I think I maybe applied for one internship. And after I applied to that one internship, it was the guy, it was like really, really known in uh, security, in the security world within the Dallas space. And it, it was kind of one of the things, like, if he recommends you anywhere, <laughs> you're getting a job. So I kind of interned under him. Uh, I had actually a couple offers at that time. I actually turned down offers from, uh, at the time, it was with uh, Verizon, I believe, Citibank, and Tram Micro at the time I had those uh, internship offers. And I chose to go under someone else. Like, you know, those probably would have been good companies or anything like that. But because I understand what his network was like, um, who the people he had in contact with. That's all the things I was like, okay, well, I don't mind taking a pay cut to go, it, not necessarily even a pay cut, get paid less because I wasn't really doing anything at the time. So I, I didn't mind getting paid less because I knew I was going to learn a lot from him. I knew he was going to be in my network. And, you know, he really helped me out a lot. Like, I, at the end of my internship, like, it was actually a point in time. I was like, hey, I wish we could really extend your offer, but we just don't have the um, budget for it. But he was like, I have someone that I can refer you to for an internship. 
And literally, that's what happened. Like, I didn't interview anything like that. Like, I think within the next week or two, he had kind of, um, they had reached out to me. I was like, hey, um, such such had told me that, you know, you know, you was looking for an internship. Uh, they're not uh, able to hire you. We have space for you. Um, would you be willing to come uh, come in and interview? I was like, yeah, cool. So I came in. I interviewed. It was strictly a conversation. Like, hey, what are you working on? Things like that. Because they pretty much had already had, like, an idea of what I'm working on. And I literally, that same guy has been pretty much my pipeline for a lot of my jobs. Even the job I have now, my direct manager from the internship was actually one of the people that was hiring me. And I didn't even know that. So at the time, um, one of the recruiters had reached out to me, like not really knowing, like, you know, who I knew or anything like that, just reached out to me, hey, you know, um, are you looking for any change, new change, anything like that? And it was so, so I was like, yeah, why not? So after I scheduled my interviews and things like that, after my first interview, the lady had talked. She was like, um, hey, you know, because um, she's seen on my resume that I uh, had a previous work at a company called Silicon And she was like, hey, uh, do you know uh, Mike? I was like, Mike? Yeah, Mike Kimber. I was like, yeah, I know him. So uh, she was like, yeah, he's actually on this team, and uh, I'm going to be interviewing him. I was like, oh, cool. So like, just kind of the simple fact that I had kind of did previous to get him, my other internships and things like that, it kind of circled back around and – it was pretty much the reason why I got hired. It was like, yeah, you know, it did great work. Um, here's some of the projects that you can deliver here at this internship. And, you know, so that's what I always say, man. Internships, always try to go, you know, do the best you can. Be proactive. Try to see what they need because you never know, like, who you may run into. Security is a small, it's a small but yet a big industry or just tech, period. It's small big because everyone kind of pretty much know everyone wants to kind of just actually start interacting with people. And it's just, you never know who you might come in contact with. So, you know, you never want to kind of burn bridges when it comes to this industry because it's very small. And when you burn that one bridge, it, it makes it very, very hard to um, kind of actually maneuver in this industry. Yeah, that's good advice, man. I always tell my students all the time about the networking aspect. That's, I think, like, that's one of my biggest strengths. Like, I feel like I've always been good at, like, just, like, talking to people. You know, even when I was at a young age, like, you know, I, I did a sales job, direct sales. And I don't know if you ever did a sales job or not, but like I used to sell uh, vacuums door to door and that's like the toughest business in the world. Like yeah. if you can do that, you can do anything because like you'll hear, I swear, hundreds of no's a day and you'll get that one yes and you'll be so excited. You'd be like king of the world, I feel like. And then it, once you sell that one, you can immediately sell the next one, like almost every single time. So like, <laughs> so what advice would you give to someone maybe it's not really not really extroverted, maybe more introverted, maybe kind of more in the shell and maybe just scared to take that step on like reaching out to people. So that's actually, um, that's actually a great question. Cause I'm actually an introvert. <laughs> it sounds kind of weird. It's like, oh, you're an introvert, but you, you're speaking about networking, things like that. So the way I actually network is through social media. Social media has been like a great outlet for me, utilizing Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, not really much more so in Instagram, but uh, it's, it's definitely LinkedIn and Twitter for me. The way I actually network, it's more so like I provide content, kind of just share my projects, share my thoughts on certain things and things like that. And so my, the way I actually kind of post and actually kind of deliver content and create content, it actually networks for me. So I don't necessarily have to kind of just kind of reach out to people and things like that because I'm already kind of providing, providing value to um, like my followers or, you know, people that's kind of, you know, following my brand and anything like that. Like say, for instance, um, I may post content about a lab that I made, 
and that particular incident or that particular project may be, you know, someone may be like, oh, that's interesting. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about it? What kind of made you do that? You know, what do you use for it? It, it just kind of create all these other questions. And recruiters, hire managers, they love sharing projects. And it's been numerous times where I've posted like a project on LinkedIn or Twitter and it kind of blows up. And at the end of the day, like I have a lot of people that reach out to me like, hey, you know, I see kind of your project on it. We have this position. I think you'd be a really great fit for it. Would you like to speak about it? Or just not, and not even just necessarily towards a job, just like, you know, people following your brand, people following because you're providing um, valuable content or valuable information. It's just, you know, it's like kind of thing with like, I guess, comedians or celebrities or things like that. Like you're interested in their lives. You're interested in what they're doing every day today. And they kind of come like with content creators, things like that. Like the stuff that you're actually providing is actually valuable to them. They actually can take that same exact content that you're providing for free. And they actually can become or use that and, you know, try to monetize or make their lives better. And it's great, like, you know, I, I feel the great, you know, I feel like I'm providing this information for free and you're able to actually change your life with it, as well as, um, you know, bring them more people that, that actually watch my brand and actually spread it out to other people that can actually use it as well, too. So I guess, like, with the networking for people that's um, introverts and stuff like that, even if, like, you're not really just social on social media, like, you know, like, you know, it, it is important that you have to engage with, like, your followers and things like that. But I would definitely say, you know, provide content, provide valuable content, and promise you, it, it will come. Like, people would definitely come. I know, and this actually, I just started actually providing, like, I would kind of provide content here and there, but maybe a month or two ago, outside, I actually started taking it a little bit more seriously and actually just only provide content and things of that nature. And I can definitely say it's been a huge, huge improvement. You know, I've definitely a lot more people have reached out to me regarding, like, job opportunities, or just even just like someone want to, you know, get advice or something like that. And I, I never have any problem giving advice when it comes to um, certain topics, uh, sports, career advice, and things like that. So, yeah, like I, I would definitely say social media has been like a great uh, aspect for me because I'm actually, I'm not going to say I'm a shy individual, but again, I'm like kind of introverted. So when I go to some of these networking um, events and things like that, you know, I, I sometimes, you know, I'm a little afraid to kind of start, just start conversation with people and things like that. And so social media has been like my go-to platform for me when it comes to um, networking. And Twitter has this, uh, I guess, this um, culture of called Black Tech Twitter, uh, Black Tech Pipeline and things like that. And you find so many people in there. Like I've actually been able to help people get jobs using that, using that culture. So it, it's... It's definitely, it's great. Like, social media is great for networking and finding jobs and things like that. So, I'll definitely say, no, on social media, anything like that. It's the 21st century. Get on social media and use it to your advantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I talked to Paris. Like, I interviewed her for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot how long ago. Maybe three months ago, something like that. Yeah. And, like, it was cool, like, what she built, like, with that. Because I never, in my million years, ever thought that, you know, something like that would take off the way it did. Because... Exactly. You know, there's so many people out there that, you know, that are in tech, but like, I feel like there isn't a whole lot of representation for our people. Like, you know, like you'll see a lot of white folks, you know, in tech, you know, they post their stuff, but like people of color and especially black people, are, yeah. you know, that like we just don't really have that reach yet. Like we're, it's getting better. Like it definitely is better than it was when I started. Cause when I started, like there wasn't nobody <laughs> that looked like me, had my story, 
Like it was a bunch of people, either they were white or they were Asian. That was it. It was there was not anybody else. <laughs> yeah. So even on my team now, I I'm the only black person on my team. It's crazy. I'm not gonna say it kind of make you uncomfortable, but you know, you just kind of like you feel like you have to constantly be on like have your head on swivel. You constantly have to kind of just you know you're not actually able to be yourself. I guess. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, as black people, you know, we have, like, certain things that we make. Yeah, yeah, I understand, yeah. And it's it just, like, and then with me also, um, I'm 23, so I work with people twice my age, three times my age, like, so, and not even only, like, you know, the race thing and stuff like that, the age as well, too. I pretty much don't really have anything coming with these guys except for, hey, we both work in security and we work for the same company. So that's, that's another thing, too. Like, I would definitely love to see people in, like, you know, my age or, you know, my color, my race, anything like that in the same position to me, too, you know. So that's, that's another reason kind of why I kind of started the blog as well, too. Like, just kind of give you the information. Like, this this is how I did it. You could probably take the similar route or, you know, kind of customize it to fit you specifically. Yeah, and also I think a lot of people overestimate how hard it is like it's not as hard as what people think it is because i know when i started like i thought you had to be like a real smart dude to like and i think you mentioned this before maybe before the show even started like where you had to be a real smart dude to get into tech and like it's not the case like it's just a lot of it's just gatekeeping like you'll have someone that will make it seem like it's difficult and so you can't get in but once you get in you get in and like i know with this COVID 19 stuff i think people get a little frustrated because People aren't hiring as fast as they normally would. Uh-huh. So some people are being like, man, maybe it's, I don't got the skills when, like, I know for a fact, there's a couple companies that they probably would have hired me, but since they had to slow down the hiring process, they haven't got back to me yet. So I think people just got to be patient and wait for this thing to be over. Cause like, I think it's, it's kind of the whole COVID-19 thing is playing mind games with a lot of people, and especially when you're inside all the time thinking about stuff. Like, you know, you just start doubting your own, your, your own skills. Exactly, because I actually just had uh, the exact same thing happen to me. Um, I was uh, interviewing with a big tech company, um, Microsoft, actually. Probably the best interview I had in my life. Because normally, like, I'm not going to take this advice. They're just saying what I do. <laughs> so uh, I usually don't actually prepare for interviews. I just usually kind of go into interviews and just, like, talk about my projects. And, like, hey, this is what I do. You know, I kind of have this. Like, I'm really passionate about tech. So they usually kind of like work, you know, when I'm kind of interviewing with like average size companies, things like that. So when Microsoft reached out to me, I was like, oh, no, I got to take this interview serious, start researching everything I need to know. I, I pretty much, I researched for like a week, started like, I, it was just, it was crazy the amount of research that I was doing. And going into the interview, I was prepared. Like, it was like the best interview I ever had in my life. After like a couple of days or so, you know, when the recruiter reached out to me, she's like, hey, you know, take it uh, have some good news, have some bad news, you know, which one would you like to hear? I was like, in my head, I'm like, I'm already knowing this is. So I was like, oh, let me hear good news. Like, good news is, uh, you know, we really enjoyed you. Um, it was actually one of the better interviews that we had. You know, everything was great, but, you know, with COVID-19 kind of going on right now, it's kind of, um, you know, kind of stopping business functioning, things like that. So we're actually going to kind of like pause this position you know, once we kind of like COVID-19 passes over, things like that, we'll love to um, discuss uh, this more in detail once it's over. So it, it's definitely frustrating, like, especially if like people that's probably losing their jobs or 
not even just necessarily losing their job, they're just trying to find their first job into tech. Like you have like a ton of like interns, a ton, ton of recent college grads, graduates, they're having their um, offers rescinded, they're having internship offers rescinded all because of COVID-19. And that can definitely be um, really, really, you know, nerve-wracking or even just depressing. It's like, you know, you've been working all, you've been working extremely hard for this and all of a sudden COVID-19 comes in, it instantly just wipes it out just like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, for people that's kind of deal with that, I would just say, you know, keep doing what you're doing, keep working. Like, it's, it's out of our control. There's really nothing we can do about it. The only thing you can just pretty much do is, like, keep picking up valuable skills. Um, we've pretty much, we've been in quarantine for about two months now. You know, like, and a lot of companies are providing free training. So just keep padding your skills, you know, keep learning different things. So once it's over, you know, you'll be even just that more marketable and, you know, find an even better job than before. So that's kind of my advice for that one. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice because I, I think that's kind of what I've been doing. Like, I kind of just been like focusing on like my projects and like just being ready because uh, I always tell people, like, even before this happened, you just got to be ready for the opportunity when it comes because yeah. you just never know who's watching. Because, like, I know every once in a while someone hits me up about stuff. I'm like, man, I saw this that you did and I don't really know these people. They just, I just kind of post on LinkedIn or Twitter, you know, all the social media sites you can think of. And it's just crazy, like, how many people be listening and watching your stuff. Because I know when I started my podcast, I thought maybe, you know, I may have some friends that, to check it out, but I really didn't expect it to be, you know, take off. Like, it's not huge yet, but it's like the numbers are way higher than I thought they would be. And it's, it's because of, like, me just being out there and giving that quality content and people just, like, gravitating towards it. Because, honestly, I just do my podcast to kind of be, like I said, helping people, but also as a way for me to do things that I said I was going to do. Because, like, a lot of times people, like, are afraid to just start something. And, like, you know, they want it to be perfect. And I think people talked about this on Twitter, like, early this week. How, like, some people want it to be this best thing ever, you know, everything to be amazing and all that stuff. I said, man, don't just just put it out. Like, you know, don't think about it. Just put it out. And, like, it, you'll get better in time, but it's better to put something out now than be waiting one year, two years, three years. Because that's what I did for the longest. Like, I wanted to do a podcast, like, years ago. But I was, just, I was so crippled in the fact that I wasn't – I didn't feel like I was ready. I didn't feel like I was maybe the most eloquent speaker. And I felt like even since I started the podcast, like I feel like my, my public speaking ability is, is went way up from where it was even in January. Like I feel like I can say stuff and like it makes sense and I'm not like having to think about what I need to say. It just comes out naturally instead of for some people, you know, they, they'll, they'll stop doing what they need to do and, and then get crippled. And then they could have used that time to get better at the craft and eventually be able to get opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have gotten if they wouldn't have even started. I agree. I definitely agree. And that's actually kind of what I did with my um, blog as well, too. Because I actually previously started uh, my blog about a year ago. Uh, it was kind of like geared towards kind of this, it was, it was kind of the same thing, but it was a bit more different. I was trying to gear towards more for like the non-profit crowd. And uh, then I kind of was like, okay, let me kind of like redo it, rebrand, and make it a brand of me and not more so just like a, a non-profit organization, which I actually still plan on doing. But uh, like the Tay on Tech brand, I want to be like, okay, this is Tay, this is Tay on Tech, and this is what you stand for. I want it to be more like a brand, like this really solidified. And so, it, you know, I, I it, like, I kind of like with back then, I was trying to like kind of do like the whole announcing news and things like that. And I kind of started realizing like with my audience and things like that, with my typical audience, I really care about that. Like they, they don't really care about uh, like 
the people attention I had already had. It's like, man, I don't really too much care about security news. I try to probably primarily make it all about cybersecurity. And it didn't do too well. And I was like, okay, well, let me step back. Let me kind of like, you know, notice like what I, what kind of like gets attention, what gets the most engagement, things like that. And that's when I started kind of getting on Twitter a little bit more. And that's when I noticed anytime I'm talking about career advice, financial literacy, the tech industry, it, people love it. And so, it, you know, it, it's really all about like finding out the crowd, like, you know, find, find your audience. What do your audience like? You know, provide content for that. You know, and it kind of works out. Like, you know, now I realize like, you know, I have like certain days where I want to kind of create threads. I create threads and it has great engagement. And now it's kind of like, I know what my audience likes. So now it's like, I know what to blog about. I know to create videos about because I've seen which tweets and which posts gets the most engagement. So, you know, again, yeah, you know, you may not get it right the first time. You may have to try it over and over and over. This is actually like my second or third time rebranding. And I think I actually got it now. I've, my engagement has been going up. My follower account has been going up. And it's just really like, they like this content a lot, a lot more. They like it a little better than um, the previous uh, blocks I was doing. So I'm kind of going with them, sticking to it. And yeah, you know, just provide value. Once you provide value, the engagement, the follower count, the all, all that it comes with it. You find something you're passionate about, find a way to kind of like relay the information to other people, and it's great. And the thing, I, I would guess like the number one um, number one tip I would kind of give people that's trying to like blog things like that. When you're blogging, no one cares about you. <laughs> I hate to say it, they don't, they don't really care about you, what are you doing, things like that. They care about how to better themselves. So say for instance, instead of like, I'm saying a blog post, I mean, how I landed a ticket job. I mean, how I landed a, a job in tech. I would probably revert it, how you can land a job in tech. And I would kind of relay how I did it in that post. And you kind of take what I did and customize it to your roadmap. So, you know, it's when it, when it comes to like blogging and things like that, it's all about the wording. And um, I definitely noticed that a lot. It, it's definitely, um, you know, something you kind of got to play with, kind of learn a lot of things like that. And even now, I'm still learning a lot of different things about blogging. So, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm a guru or anything like that, but it's just kind of like from the failures I had in my past, it's kind of what I noticed. Yeah, yeah. And like, uh, like I said, it, it is crazy that like how much people are like, just trying to better themselves and you know like I said the black tech uh, like the whole black tech Twitter movement like I feel like there's so many different people that are doing like amazing things that like it motivates me every day when I'm like thinking about like man, like, man this our people are just doing like crazy stuff like, like if you wouldn't have been if you're not involved in that like that whole like movement like you're missing out so anybody who has anything whether whether it's I mean even if it's not even related to, to tech in general like I think you should definitely tune into it to see what these people are doing because like they're doing some amazing stuff. That stuff that honestly I can't even fathom myself. You know, these people started like a year or so ago. Like it wasn't even that long ago. Like it, you know, when you think about it, like like so, who knows what could happen between you know you and I? Like a year from now, like we would be talking about completely different stuff. And you live close to me, so like we should definitely when it's all over, we should definitely chat like in person too. Oh uh, yeah, I'm definitely all over. You know, like kind of right now, I'm not because I'm my job. I travel at times, so. You know, just whenever. I'm usually free on the weekends, things like that. And, you know, I'm always, always kind of meeting and chat with people. 
But yeah, as far as like um like the kind of the trend that kind of went on with Twitter, like it's crazy. The amount of people that was actually getting jobs from just like be connecting with each other during that um during that time, that trend. It, it's still kind of more, I wouldn't even say trend, I would say more of a pleasure. Because it's it, it's still going on. It's like it, and everybody is really they genuinely have your back. They're always kind of giving advice and it's crazy. Like some of like the time like my timeline right now. It's kind of just full with like filled with people just kind of giving out financial advice, um, real estate advice, um, tech. It's so crazy. The black tech movement, everybody is so many different albums. Like now you have like the black real estate movements. You have the generation of web. Like it's just crazy. Like that that by itself created so many other like different cultures and things like that. But you just kind of learn. And now like if you're following the right people on Twitter now, it's almost impossible not to learn every day while you're on the app. And you just have to follow the right people. And that's actually uh, something I had kind of like took consideration of the last month or two. I ended up, I kind of cleaned up my timeline to where I'm always doing like positive information things. Man, I kid you not, I can probably scroll on my timeline all day and I would learn something the entire time on Twitter. Like it's real estate. Um, I'm constantly like, and I'm actually trying to venture off into real estate. I'm not trying to be like a real estate guru or anything like that. But you know, I kind of want to get rental properties and things like that. I'm constantly seeing all this stuff on my timeline with real estate, dropping gems about real estate, dropping gems about investing, trading. It's it's crazy. Social media. If you're using social media correctly, you will be learning a lot. It's because it's crazy. Like it's. The knowledge, like, cause I was always using social media. It's like, you know, you always want to kind of joke around and things like that. I still joke around here and there, but now more so like actually trying to learn different things and stuff like that. And since I've been using Twitter, like actually as a brand instead of just like Tavion, I'm using it as Tayon Tech. It's been great for me. It's definitely been great for me. I, I have no complaints. It's crazy. <laughs> It, like, it's really crazy. You find the right people, you can probably almost definitely double your income within the year if you're kind of just like following the right people. And actually, and that's the thing, like with this information, it's, it's good to know this information, but if you're not going to take it and actually apply it to your, you know, everyday life, then supporting this information is just, whether they say uh, goals without action or merely dreams, yeah, kind of the same thing as that. <laughs> It's just pretty much a dream. You're not going to actually take it in, uh, take this information and actually apply to your everyday life. Yeah, that's true. I know there's a lot of people out there that, I don't know if it's inf information paralysis. I don't know if that's the correct term or not. But, like, you know, people that, like, take on all the information, like you said, but they don't take action. So, like, they have all this knowledge, but they never use it. And if they would have just maybe learned maybe one or two things instead of, like, eight to ten things, they would have been way higher on a different level than they are right now, which exactly. I, I think it's like a trap that a lot of people like take when they're learning new stuff. Yeah, that's actually a trap that I fall into as well too. <laughs> but I'm pretty good at prioritizing things though. So I, me personally, like I'll probably see something I'll try, try this, try, like I'm the type of person I try to do something like five different things at one time. <laughs> and it's not the way to go about it and things like that, but it's just like the way my mind is set up, I just constantly always have to be busy. You know, it's, that's my way of, like, that's kind of like my escape for me. Like, I like to stay busy. I like to constantly learn new things. And, like, once I kind of, like, right now, I'm juggling, like, so many different things. Like, I'm studying for, like, two certifications. I'm creating my blog, like, the website. I'm uh, creating the content for the blog. I'm creating, like, 
I'm trying to rebrand my Twitter. I'm trying to um, learn real estate. And I'm actually adding to my, like, trying to learn how to day trade better, well, day trade better or invest better. Like I'm, kind of, like, I'm always constantly trying to do all these different things at one time. So um, I have an organizer where I have set days on what I'm going to do. Uh, like, so certain days I may be working on my website or I may do content development or I may work on learning more investment strategies. So it's just, you know, I, now I've really tried, like, with the quarantine, things like that. Thank God for I'm not going to say thank God for the quarantine, but the quarantine definitely helped me kind of get my life a little bit more organized because, like, I have a lot more free time now um, with us working from home. And it just really allows me to organize, like, everything that I have going on now. Like, say, for instance, last, uh, yesterday, man, I was working from, like, this is, like, on my personal thing, my personal projects, thing like that. I was working from, like, 2 p.m. to 4.30, 4, 4.45 a.m. And I woke up again today at, like, 8.30, 9 a.m. and started my day completely over. That's what a lot of people fail to actually kind of, you know, realize. Like, when you're working on your personal brand, things like that, it's, it's hard work. It's not easy. You definitely, it's going to be time, especially if you have a full-time job, it's definitely going to be times where you lose sleep or you're not, you know, you're not getting as much sleep as you should. Well, you're right. You're but right. I mean, it's, that's the price you pay when you want to kind of like, you know, do things extra. You want to kind of, you know, kind of bench off on your own and try and learn new things. Like it's going to happen. Like that thing comes easy. Got to work for it. <laughs> yeah. Like I know like earlier this week, like I, man, my sleep schedule has been messed up anyways with this quarantine stuff. But like, I know like I probably had made four hours of sleep this whole past week. And like yesterday, like I just took a day off because I was like, my energy level was just down. Like I just, I wouldn't get nothing done. I was like, man, I just got to take a break. My body rests so I can get back to doing what I'm doing. Because like a lot of people who know me, they know I do a lot of different things. And I'm just trying to like get myself like, right now I may not see it, but then maybe two or three years down the road, I may start seeing everything just snowball and everything that I worked hard for now, like it'll pay off. So it's kind of like I can sacrifice the sleep now. So later on, I can kind of enjoy you know, life and, you know, just, you know, have a, a good time. Cause I think a lot of people, they, they don't want to sacrifice those hours. So they usually complain about their situation when if they would have just maybe spent, not even, you don't have to even spend all day, like maybe spend an extra two hours, like outside of what they normally do. Like instead of watching Netflix or Hulu or whatever you watch, you know, play video games, whatever it is. Like if you take that two hours and you actually apply it to something that you really will take you to that next level or get you that generational wealth, you know, or whatever your goals are. Like some people may not want that. Like, I think it is something that everyone should think about if they want to be, like, someone that's independent and wants to have their own income. I agree. Like, and, that's, and that's actually kind of why, um, why I kind of got to the point. Like, I just feel like I was like, well, everything's going good for me. I have my job. I'm, I'm not going to say my dream job. But I love my job. I love everything that I do. It's great. And I just really kind of got complacent. I'm like, ah, well, I got everything I kind of want now. So, you know, I can be lazy now. And then something else came up. It was like, you know, people really love your content. So now try to create something else where you can kind of help out people. You know, you get to share your knowledge and things like that. And it's completely free. Like, you know, why not help other people? You know, it, it, you know, it just kind of comes with the game. Especially uh, like kind of like I guess my goal, like a really big goal that I do plan on having. I want to go fame, you know, to the uh, big tech companies, uh, you know, the Facebook, the Netflix, the Apples, Amazons, you know, Microsoft, Salesforce. You know, you know I kind of want to be the company there because it's like even then, you know, by yes, like, you know, I've been in tech industry and stuff like that, but just having like 
one of those companies, you know, I guess as credentials or having that like as my background, it just really like solidifies it even more. It's like, oh wow, like he's really like doing it. You know, like, and I hate to say it, like a lot of people, like, you know, they probably would take advice, take advice or anything, like just like the comment, take anything like that. But it's like, once you get like the huge tech companies behind your name, it's like, oh wow, he must definitely know what he's talking about. Let me tune in. And so, you know, it, it, it like, you know, I'm kind of using that company for my brand, but I'm also, you know, enjoying the work that I do there as well. So, you know, it's vice versa. You know, they use me to kind of complete the work. I'm using them for my brand. So, you know, it's a, you know, you know, give, give situation or give, take, take, give, you know, you get it. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, it's, it's a two-way street. It's not just a one-sided thing. And, you know, it's kind of like one of the goals I've really been having. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think as long as you have a goal, I think, you know, the sky's the limit. I always tell this all the time to people, like, you know, I think the one thing that people should always make sure is to have some type of goal. It don't have to be nothing that's real, I guess, concrete, but something so that you have something that you should strive towards. Because I know at my old job, like, there was a lot of people that didn't have any goals. Like, I would always ask people, because, like, I'm the type of guy where I'm going to ask you, like, hey, so so what's your plans, like, after this? Like, especially if it's a job where it's like a dead end job, but you know, like I used to work uh, retail. So like, I would always ask like my, you know, coworkers, I'm like, Hey man, like, like, so what you got going on? And a lot of these people like, but have backgrounds and, you know, culinary school and all that stuff. And I'll be like, so like, why aren't you like trying to do something towards that instead of working here? Like, it's cool to work here for like maybe a year or so, but don't stay here. Do something that you actually are passionate about. Because I feel like if you have these skill sets and you don't use what you learn, then you're kind of wasting your time. And eventually time is not going to be your friend. Eventually time will go away. So you just got to just be, you know, mindful of that. Exactly. I definitely agree with that one. And that's kind of why I'm like, you know, like on Twitter, you used to see like the whole debate with, I guess, LLC Twitter versus 9 to 5 Twitter, what they like to say. <laughs> and so um, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big believer. Why not do both? Why not use your 9 to 5 to fund your LLC? Me personally, I think, and this is just me personally, I don't mind working uh, in tech. I don't mind working that because I love what I do. I, you know, you would never perceive me like, oh, I never do corporate work. No, like, honestly, I can see myself probably working in corporate America, you know, a, a long time. But I also see myself having my own business as well, too. And, you know, once, like, you know, once I kind of have a brand or a business that actually kind of, like, equaling or surpassing my corporate job salary, then I would probably just continue doing corporate and LLC until like my my personal business can succeed or pass surpass my um income from my nine to five. Then you know I, I don't see why I would uh you know kind of give it up. Like I'm getting health benefits, I'm getting you know the PTO and things like that. You know I'm I'm getting all of that. So why not have side hustles or businesses that I have on the side as well too? Like, you know you can do both. Yeah, there's nothing in the rule but I mean you'll probably definitely be struck for time but you know in the end it's worth it you know why not like an extra thousand dollars a month extra two thousand dollars a month you know this rent mm -hmm. <laughs> so why taking this money to pay my rent for my side businesses I'm taking the other money that thousand dollars previous I would probably use for rent now I'm, I'm using that to invest so I'm playing a long I'm playing a long game with, with this one it's you know why not have multiple streams of income why I just gotta have one you know, so, you know, it's just pretty much people purposes. For me, I always say, hey, if you can do both, do both. Word, word. Yeah, like I had a 
my old boss, like I, I think I asked her this once because she was like, you know, pretty much said what you said. Like she pretty much only did that job just for the health benefits because you know she got kids and stuff, and health insurance ain't cheap. So yeah. that's like because I was asked her because she would all tell me what you did and stuff, and I'm like, man, why are you working here? Because like she was the our store manager, and like I knew what she had to deal with every day, and I was like, man, like if I was you, I wouldn't be dealing with all this stuff. I'd be some type of dude where I'm not gonna take stuff from people. People are like being treating me like you know. What's the word I'm trying to think of? Like someone that's not important. And, and you know, and, and I know there's people higher up and some of you got a kiss butt, but like there's a, like, there's a certain point where I'm like, nah, like this it, it, isn't right because there would be certain things that happen. And I'll be like, man, if people are doing their job, like it shouldn't matter what you're doing. But then again, in the corporate world, you kind of have to, you know, yeah, do that. Yeah, you, you definitely do. I, yeah, in the corporate world, and that's, and that's, I'm actually kind of glad I got a taste of the corporate life when I was 18. Cause uh yeah man corporate corporate life is definitely dirty like if you if you're not really carrying yourself the right way or you know just kind of really know the ins and outs corporate will do you dirty and that's why I'm, I'm really really glad I got a taste of it when I was really young so now it's like one of the contracting jobs I was on and you know it just kind of came in it's like hey uh yeah we let you go I was like huh like I'm confused I'm like what, like what I do I was like oh no we just I'm having um contract problems so we gotta let you go. Like, no warning, no, like, literally. But at the time, I'm 18, so it's like, I ain't having a job. I mean, I ain't having any bills, or I'm in college. So, like, I was going to pay great money. Like, I was going to pay, like, $25 an hour. So, it was like, I was like, I'm going to pay great money. And, you know, it was just like, okay, well, you know, my rent's only $600 a month, and I don't have, you know, I don't have any other bills. It's just rent. My car's paid off, uh, you know, I had a cash car. So, you know, it, it was kind of a great experience. I didn't say great experience, but it was like a experience, you know, that kind of stuck with me. You know, me personally, I, I never really just pretty much be loyal to a company because they're not loyal to me. Like, same way, like that day right there when they kind of just let me go for no reason whatsoever, it was like, all right, so this is really how the corporate game goes. You really have to, like, look out for your best interest. And that's the thing, like, at the time, like, you know, I actually just turned down, like, another, um, like, contract position or whatever. I'm like, you know, I'm living it here, you know, like everyone's great. And the thing about it, like it was actually more money and everything. It's like three dollars more. So it's like twenty eight dollars an hour. So it's like, you know, I kinda like have established relationships here, you know. Why not? Why not stay? So you know, you, you just kinda you gotta look out for your best interests. It, it's not like how it used to be back in the day when people were working at a company twenty and thirty years. It's not like that anymore. So, you know, like I'm I'm a firm believer in, you know, like if I feel like, you know, I just really want that pay increase, you know, why, why would I fight for a 5% increase when I can just switch up and go to another company and potentially get a 20 to 30% increase just interviewing? You know what I mean? Like, I've been at this company this amount of time, and I've proven to you guys that I am valuable, that I am doing this, and you can only give me a 5% raise, but this, pre this company right here, well, I have, I've done no work for them. They only kind of going off like what I've done in the past and they see how valuable I am and they willing to give me a 20 or 30% increase. Why would I stay here for a 5% increase when I can go here to a company that really truly see what I'm, you know, what, what my, you know, how valuable I am. You know, it's, it's I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and fight over a $5,000 raise and I can go somewhere else to get a $20,000 raise. It's just, it don't make sense to me. So, yeah, you know, I just kind of, that's my viewpoint on, like, the switching jobs and the whole job boys. And, and, yeah, I learned my lesson the hard way. So, 
Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I appreciate you getting on here, man. Like I said, it's been a great conversation. I always tell all my guests, like, I, like if y'all ever want to get back on, like y'all definitely down to be on. Like maybe a year from now, if you want to talk about like maybe different stuff that you got going on, that you definitely can do that. But before I let you go, like, can you like plug in maybe any of your socials or anything you got going on besides the stuff you kind of mentioned already? Yeah, so uh, my Twitter uh, is Tech, T-A-Y-O-N-T-E-C-H. Follow me on LinkedIn as well, Tavion Payton. That's also on my um, Twitter too, the link. And my uh, Instagram as well is Tayon Tech. And my website is tayontech.io. So uh, yeah, that's all my social. Everything's Tayon Tech. <laughs> so yeah, check it out. And um, yeah, I'll follow back as well. <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah, so I appreciate everyone that's been watching, everyone's tuning in, whether you're at home, whether you're, you know, maybe going places, you know, trying to, beat the crowds and stuff, but hopefully y'all stay safe. Everyone, like, we're going to be back next week and have another great guest, but until then, I'll see y'all next week. Peace.